Okay. Um, can you can you talk into your microphone a little bit? Boy, can I. Um, should I just start into the one thing that I had to talk about before the show? Sure. Are you recording? Yes, I am. But last week, I listened to it. You know, I guess it's been a while since we recorded. And it just sounded real, like, blown out. Mm. And so I want to make sure that doesn't happen again by messing with things that I don't know if they'll fix the problem or not. How did the sound (laughs) drops sound, though? I think that's the most important thing. I'm sure they sounded. Yeah, they sound fine. Yeah, as long as they sound good, that's all that matters. Yeah, I think we're fine. So the one thing I wanted to talk about before the show because I don't have anywhere else to put this. Uh I kind of mentioned something to Elise, but we were watching something and a subway commercial came on. Okay. And they were talking about this new like chicken sandwich that they have, which quick side note, whenever I go into New York city, there's like a subway, you know, in times square ish Manhattan. Uh huh. I can't help but look at the people, like gawk at the people who are going into Subway Mm -hmm. because there's so much humanity crammed in such a small space and so many people trying to like make good food. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could go to any bodega and I guarantee you'll have a better sandwich than Subway. And I know that some people like Subway, so, you know, but... I was going to say, I think if you live in New York, you probably go to Subway. There's no way. One... Point or There's another. no way. Sub- Subway is so substandard. Sure. Anyway. But not everything you eat and everything you do. Anyway. Is. So they're showing the Subway commercial. Right. And I realized the point of the Subway commercial is not the sandwich. Even though they're trying to show the sandwich in as good a light as possible. Uh-huh. The... Here comes the window. <laughs> Who cares if it's snowing out there? Um, by the way, you're, you're wearing like three layers of shirts. Double. Window. I'm warm. <laughs> Sending a, a message. So as he drinks his hot tea. Okay. This is what I'm dealing with. <sighs> So they're showing the sandwich as best they can. Right. Which is making it look barely edible. And the price of the sandwich is bigger than the sandwich itself. Mm-hmm. $2.99. Mm. Clearly the point is the price. The point is not the sandwich. Right. And so it made me want like a real commercial where they just broke the sandwich down. And they were like, (laughs) you're going to get a 68 cent piece of chicken. Right. Yeah. On top of four cents of mayonnaise and a 10 cent piece of lettuce. Like, I want to know the cost. And here's my suspicion. After you break down the 32 cent pieces of bread that it's squeezed between and all that stuff, the sandwich is still going to cost like, a dollar, mm-hmm. if that, and then two ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> like 
they're still marking up, and I bet a significant markup on that sandwich. Uh... That's it. Okay. No, I agree. It's basically 50 cents worth of dog food. But the <laughs> selling exactly point it. is that it's two nights. The selling point is, listen, we know you're poor. We know you're struggling. For three bucks, come have lunch. That's kind of like, I feel like you could do a fast food. If I worked in a marketing department, I would pitch to any fast food restaurant, listen, Offer something called a mystery box. Mm-hmm. Don't tell anybody what's in the mystery box. And you know what? Change the mystery box up. Yeah. But charge people a dollar. Right. And people will buy the mystery box. Yeah. You could advertise the box. And as long as the $1 is bigger than the box, people will get it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, this restaurant is just... There's or value this, here. Yeah, it's just trying to sell me something I can eat. Mm. And I I like that price, you know? Because the sandwich did not look good. Anyway. Yeah, sure. One other thing that I maybe wanted to um, comment on. It was literally just in my head mm-hmm. and then fell out. Okay. Um, I was thinking we could, uh, I was thinking of having an intro, like an mm-hmm. intro song. Oh, like some intro music. Okay. You want to hear it? No. This was my first thought. Welcome to the struggle and grind, y'all. It'll build our minds expand your mind. It's I'm pretty pumped oh, up. Right? <laughs> I'm pretty pumped up. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Let's talk about the outside. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's talk about Subway. <laughs> mm. That's it. okay. Okay. I I don't uh, hate that. I will say it's funny. I listened to two specific board game podcasts. Oh, I remember where it was. Okay. Both of them, by the way, have horrific opening songs. And it made me wonder, is this a thing? Like, in board game podcasts, do they get together and they're like, all right, you can have your board game podcast too and and come in on our territory, mm-hmm. but your song has to be terrible. Well, Min Max's music is pretty bad too. Yeah. So what I was going to say is every morning I wake up and I do a routine, I, I roll out of bed and I start about a 30-minute routine. Okay. Of making my son breakfast, getting his lunch ready, cleaning some dishes while everything's cooking and, and all that stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and I was listening to Hollywood Handbook this morning. And apparently I, and everything was great. Doing my routine. It's mm-hmm. in my routine for years now. Mm-hmm. Like, What time do you have to be at work? Um, Like nine-ish. Oh, okay. Why? I'm just I'm just curious. This, it sounds like a long routine for me. Once I wake up, I'm like out the door within 15 minutes. <laughs> no, and I... that's getting the girls up, making their breakfast, 
I actually go back to bed after my 30 minutes. Oh, my gosh. What time do you wake up? 6.45. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that's why. Mm. Yeah, I wake up at like 7.20. Okay. <laughs> and I have to be at work by 8. <laughs> <laughs> so I... So I'm doing my my normal routine, and apparently, like the night before, I had a sleep timer on my phone, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, took my earbud out or whatever before it's over. So after like 15 minutes, the podcast turns off. I'm downstairs. Everything I leave upstairs. Mm-hmm. So I'm just listening on the wireless headphones. My routine turned into a hellish nightmare in milliseconds mm-hmm. it was insane how like on autopilot i am on my routine and how much my routine depends on something happening in my ear mm-hmm. like i need a podcast or a song <laughs> right. going oh, yeah uh because as soon as it went like dead mm-hmm. i i like had an epiphany and i was like this could be a torture in hell like this could be somebody who like as soon as this is done, they think they went to sleep, but they didn't. Yeah. And their alarm sounds and they roll out of bed and they do it again. And their podcast keeps shutting off mm-hmm. after, you know, three minutes, but they have to do the whole thing. Do you think you're truly listening to the podcast though? Or do you think it's just as white noise? I am a hundred percent immersed. Could it just be a droning in your no, ear? No, that's the thing. I like because they are taking my mind off of it so uh-huh. i am deeply invested in what they're saying yeah i'm laughing out loud uh-huh. and i'm just <laughs> doing my the the robotic aspect is what i'm doing okay you know sure um so yeah that <clears throat> that happened to me today okay so i i hope that we provide that comfort for at least one other person out there <laughs> yeah. is what i'm saying <laughs> sure my highest hope yeah well we did get a review about making their morning drive good every time i think that's a robot like that. <laughs> yeah i think that was a robot yeah. a bot account yeah. <laughs> all right okay let's talk about the outsider welcome to the struggle run yo so first i want uh a book update you started reading it (laughs) (laughs) yeah so what happens after the 30 second mark on that song (laughs) It was a three and a half minute long song, so, <laughs> um, so that was the interesting thing about the show, and really the only thing that we've kind of communicated with each other about our feelings is that starting the show last night, I was sixty percent through the book, right? Sixty percent done. I was over halfway done with the book. Going into it, I'm thinking. You know, like, I'm not thinking at all about, like, catching up to where I'm at in the book. Halfway through the second episode, I was worried that I was going to start having the book spoiled for me. (laughs) And I was like, I might have to turn this off because uh, the show sucks, first of all. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not going to let it spoil the book, which I'm enjoying reading. 
So, all right, you kind of jumped to the end there, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll build, we'll build back. Uh, and you didn't even give your book update. You just talked about. So, <laughs> yeah. So I was 60% of the way through the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little bit further now. Now I definitely like food is on the gas. I have to be done with this before the next episode comes out. So I'm going to have to finish that last 40% this week. And I'm essentially at the end of episode two in the book. A little bit further ahead, but but like I said, it was cutting it close towards the end. Uh, which has me thinking like... Uh, I, well, I'll tell you what I was thinking. I was thinking... What are you all rushing towards? Right, like, exactly. Like for you all, what is this show? Because it's right. clearly not Terry. It's not the setup. Right. It's not. It's not the, like the detective work. Yeah, and they changed his name. Ralph. No, no, no. Isn't it? His name's the same. Oh, his Ralph. name is Ralph Anderson in the book and in the show. Okay, you just I messed screwed. it up. Yeah. You yeah, just, yeah. You were calling him Richard. It's it's not Ralph. Right. Like. It's none of these things. Yeah. So I'm just waiting for the show to finally slow down and settle on. Okay, yeah. this is what we're about. So, <clears throat> I yeah, I'll get to all those things. For as for the book, I was, and I feel I felt bad for saying it now that the show went through that stuff so fast. But I was telling you, I felt like the back and forth between the 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 opening like. Uh, the opening arc, good night, love you. The opening arc of the book is just this back and forth of like, here's a witness that saw Terry bloodied and whatever. Here's Terry saying he didn't do it. Here's another witness <laughs> saying he did it. Here's Terry saying he didn't do it. Here's another, And that goes back and forth for a while. Yeah. Too long, I felt like. Like, it drags on for a, for a long while. Once you get past that with the book, it really starts to pick up for me. I, like, I got really... It does, it's not like it starts moving faster, but, like, it starts getting a lot more interesting. Right. Um, so, I went into it. I What I was expecting with the two episodes, especially once I found out it was two episodes, I was like, oh, I bet the second episode is going to end with Terry getting killed because that's not something that you would expect, right? Like yeah. that's the scream thing where it's like, oh, Drew Barrymore's in this movie and she's well, dead it's within the, game the first of Thrones five minutes. Thing. Ned Stark. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, I mean more, yeah, I guess. I mean more in the sense though that like Jason Bateman's kind of probably the biggest name. Listen, you're wrong. It's a Game <laughs> of Thrones thing. It's not a scream thing. Take it back. So that's what I was expecting. Um, and I was expecting kind of a, maybe like a true detective timeline jumping back and forth thing, which you get, but you, it's in like hyperdrive. It's going by <laughs> so fast. Forward. Yeah. And it's like they're, they don't, it just leads to so many problems. You know what I well, mean? In episode one, they discover his, his, uh, question on the video, right? Like, yeah, all of that happens in, in episode, episode one. one. It's ridiculous. A boy is is murdered. Uh, a scene is investigated. Right. People are interrogated. He is arrested, and he's proven to be 
not there. Right. And in episode one, they also do like a zoom in of the clay Plato faced guy. Yeah. Which is like, that was the other thing that I was saying going into the book because of the trailer for the series. I knew there was a supernatural aspect to it. And while I was reading it, all I could think about is how much more I would be intrigued by the book if I didn't know that. If going into it, I was just thinking like, uh, if I wasn't, if I just didn't have that knowledge, you know what I mean? I probably still would have been questioning it just because it's Stephen King. But in that, in those, in that first part of the book, he handles that so straightforward. Mm-hmm. There's no indications whatsoever that there's anything sort of supernatural going on. Nothing hinky, right? You're basically, it's basically handled as. This guy, um, whether or not you trust this guy, that's kind of the the hinge of the story. Uh, and then in like th- 30 minutes in the first episode, you're getting this zoom in close up of like a Plato, a clay faced guy. So it's like, man, I-, I was just, I guess I was really expecting, like I said, kind of a straightforward procedural. Um, and then that second episode ending with the uh, Terry's killing, which I will say I thought it was it felt really kind of uh, decontextualized in the book. You're kind of just in this space, you know what I mean? And there's it doesn't I don't know. It just feels like it's kind of written in a bubble almost. But it didn't bother me. Uh, it's executed terribly on the show i thought just the that, shooting that whole sequence was so bad when you say like a bubble like what do you mean in the book it like- just kind of felt like for me when i got to that sequence i just felt like he didn't do a very good job of like building up to it of like leading to it it just felt like uh you know they were doing they're doing this they're doing this they're going back and forth and then the next thing you know they're um <clears throat> they're uh, walking him to the courthouse and there's this mass hysteria of people yeah, outside who are yeah, going crazy. Yeah. And I never really felt like he did a good job of establishing like why there would be a huge crowd of people going crazy. My, so this might be reading the end of the book and then looking back. But even at the time reading it, because you're right, it just kind of happens and you're like, why is everybody crazy? Right. Why Why right. are people like, because people are screaming at him. and Especially because he goes so far out of his way to be like, this is a highly respected, highly revered person of the community. Yeah. And so you would expect at least some of that community to be like. Shocked. To be like not shocked. Just or, to kill him. Right. Or to be like on his side. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially considering. They have no idea what's going on. They haven't seen any evidence. They haven't seen anything at all. They just know the headline. I did feel like that scene felt manipulated Mm -hmm. by something else. So that was one of the first times, because I didn't know anything about the story when I first started reading the book. I just saw the show coming. So Stephen King, mm-hmm. I've read a lot of Stephen King. I haven't read a lot of recent King. And I was like, oh, this seems like a good one to jump in on. Yeah. But I will say that's the first time I think in the book where I thought, oh, this is supernatural. 
because these people aren't responding or reacting in a normal sane yeah, way it's like hyper fictionalized or whatever well yeah and it feels like they are being influenced by something that might be mm. like manipulating their emotions right and yeah stephen king kind of plays with that yeah. even with it right pennywise is kind of blamed for a lot of the evil that's happening in Derry, right that's where mm -hmm. it takes place i mm -hmm. think <clears throat> but it's it's then kind of hinted throughout the book that like maybe these people had these recesses in them but pennywise's presence made them the worst versions of themselves yeah and i i remember liking that idea when i first kind of put it together and and started to see what he was doing because another thing that he does in it and other stories that i like too is this like generational horror it's like a, a family being haunted continually through generations or cursed mm -hmm. or again like a place being cursed it's like it's dairy like yeah. this place is poisoned and there's any carrie i think also has aspects of that too where mm -hmm. it's like everybody's just a nightmare and uh, again it's like um an influence an evil influence more mm -hmm. than you know those people being evil and and so i think that was how i explained that you're you're right that it does feel out of place but i think it fits with the story that he's telling by the end yeah and like i said i think it's fine in the book it just <clears throat> when it was first when you're first getting into it i definitely felt this just sort of like it just kind of felt like it came out of nowhere or, or maybe jumped ahead a little bit i do want to go back and walk through certain <clears throat> aspects of the of the show mm -hmm. but while we're still kind of jumping around on impressions and different things can you clear my memory in the book um i'm gonna ralph mm -hmm. accidentally shoots a cameraman right who yeah. loses his eye mm -hmm. that's the other thing too uh <clears throat> the book does such a better job of of and i guess this is this could probably be said about every single aspect of the show so far but this is this one really stuck out to me it does such a good job of building up that tension of <clears throat> the book is much more kind of centered around ralph and a series of bad decisions that he makes and sort of his conscious around those bad decisions and what role he plays in that and i feel like they're trying to like saddle some of that in the show by making his kid dead of cancer and because they're fast forwarding through everything else they kind of they're shorthanding everything yeah and <clears throat> so the in the book there's a lot of emphasis placed on how much of a bad idea doing this is they should just be taking him around back uh how unorthodox it is about how he should be wearing a bulletproof vest all these other things and then yes there's this big sequence where uh they're like almost at the and and again like i said in in the book because you're not you know terry's the main character you're not expecting him to be killed uh when that moment happens it was it wasn't shocking i mean it wasn't like a complete blindside, but it was definitely like 
one of those moments where you're like happy to see an author like digging into something you know what i mean yeah and in the show it just sort of it happens in the span of like 30, 30 seconds. seconds and i i feel like to me that the problem of the adaptation there's there are a few moments i want to hit on that i think emphasize the issues that i have with this specific adaptation but in this scene specifically it's when ralph goes to a knee and like yeah. does his like one aspect that is also set up is like this is a sleepy town there's like what three people on the police force yeah. one of them is pregnant right one of them's ralph who's just kind of like living his life it's a small community everyone loves terry everybody kind of right. knows each other and again when the shootout happens in the book he like shoots wild like he's like well he's yeah he's like so the the oh that was the other thing too in the book they spend so much time with that family that the family, family yeah and to the point to where like I, it just is so disappointing well, how fast they run yes, through everything. It, I, well, the other thing that really quick I want to touch on too is is the Peterson mother's death. Right. Which yes. in the book is so vivid so and good. visceral. Right. And in this, again, like, I guess it, it, it's hard to convey like that laughter, but that to me kind of makes it like somebody broken on this one picking up a bat and, right. and swinging through it's your house. It's so melodramatic. Melodramatic. And just sort of like you corny. Know? And <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it, it's, they spend, the book spends so much time with the Peterson family and so much time with Terry and his family that when Terry gets killed, it's shocking because you've spent so much time with him. And when the Peterson kid is the one that shoots him, it's shocking because you've spent so much time with that family. Whereas all of that happens by the end of the first episode. <laughs> it's like they spend no time teasing out whether or not Terry actually did this thing. They spend no time building up a connection to the families. Nothing. And then and and that and that was the other thing I want to talk about. Like with the Peterson family, like with um the district attorney who's got a cow lick that's constantly popping. Looks like up. alfalfa. Like I understand you don't want to go like like Stephen King obviously has that's his like thing right he has characters like that and I understand that that's not going to necessarily translate well in TV but they go so far away from it that again you get this show that's just like so self-serious and like the thing with the mother in the book she has a breakdown right and and it manifests itself by picking up a lasagna that someone has cooked for them and dumping it on her head and then she has a heart attack and so oh, it starts giggling maniacally right. laughing and then she has a heart attack and it's like you know what i mean it's one of those things that's like anybody can come up with she swings she her bat swings the a bat she starts breaking stuff with a bat and has you a know heart what i mean attack. it's like it's so lame well yeah it's just it, not unique yeah and and i'll say that again i didn't rewatch um i thought at one point i might but i was like mm. after the second episode i was like this this show wants us to move forward quickly right. so i'll go with it yeah i'm i'm looking for the hook of the show still but i think the district attorney like references to like 
something in the eighties. He's like back in the eighties or it's like the whole yeah. point is that the DA is young and the other part that they rushed. I was like, what is happening is when he's like, Hey Ralph, did you already put in that, uh, that evidence? And Ralph's like, yep. Yes. And he's like, right. Well, there's a guy, a soccer player who scored an own goal. You're like that guy. Right. And I was like, Number one, what an obvious, like that's not even a metaphor. Yeah, like yeah. you just basically said yeah. you scored an own goal. Uh, and and two, in the book, it is a little more nuanced in, right. in the way, like, again, I think it would be against Ralph's character to have gone along with it. But in the book, well, th he right. hasn't done it yet. And right. he there's like a beat where he's like, well, he's like, no, I can't. we, we can't. We right. have to do this. There's a beat where you know that he's thinking about how much easier it would make his life if he didn't submit it into evidence. And ultimately he does. And and again, one of the big points of this whole thing is a man being confronted with something that he cannot accept and right. cannot believe. And that's kind of the central heartbeat of the story. And again, another adaptation error from where, where I'm sitting is not is giving Ralph a dead kid. So he becomes yeah, this like so overly lame. serious, yep. weighted down character. And for a minute, I love Ben Mendelsohn. And I thought, is he bad in this show? Yeah. Uh, but then in episode two, he's talking to the therapist. And there's a scene where the therapist asks him, like, have you seen a therapist before? He's like, after my kid died. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, how was he? And Ralph corrects him. He's like, she. And he's like, oh, how was she? And then he's like sitting there looking dour. He just like looks up and goes, oh, she was great. Yeah. <laughs> and and it caught me off guard. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Like, I was like, oh, Ben yeah. Mendelsohn. Like, no, he's a good actor. He knows how to like read this character interestingly and yeah. how to convey that. It's a bad adaptation. Right. He's, he's been given a bad character. Right. Again, because you you don't have what I said that I liked about the book in our first episode too, was that it's a series, a collection of good people trying to do the best they can. Right. And it's a guy named Ralph who lives in a small town who like is getting by yeah. and now is confronted with something that he can't explain and has made a decision that he can't make himself, he can't forgive himself for. And all of that is the, is the interesting, you know, kind of tension. And now that he has a dead kid, you have stuff like, which I actually like the scene in the show and I love it in the book when uh and i think it's it's when they first arrest terry which is something else i really like and he's like did you touch my kid or whatever and terry's like yeah i touched your kid mm -hmm. i touched him to teach him how to bunt yeah and then goes into the story and in this they kind of move it later in it but they still give him the, the story mm -hmm. but what i love is there's a <laughs> i'm sorry ralph is is ralph does his did you abduct that boy did you kill that boy? Mm -hmm. He's like, no, no. Then he stands up. And then Terry goes, you asked if I touched your boy. And then you just hear off screen. You don't even hear, see him say, he goes, be careful what you say next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And I just wanted to say, like, or what? Or, or what are you going to do? Yeah. You're Ralph. Like, yeah. like the whole point is you're a small town cop. Yeah. Who's like, just care. Like, be careful what you say. And I was like, this is not like a dirty, hairy, like, show. Like, he's not a dirty, hairy, hairy character. Yeah. He wouldn't growl. Be careful what you say next. Especially after he got, like, the honest admission. Of, and he's wrestling with all these things to yeah. be like, by the way, I'm still on a razor's edge here. I'm just mad and bubbling yeah. under the surface. I could go off at any moment. I, I was just like, that's that's not the way to adapt this character. Yeah. There's actually a lot of dialogue that's taken directly from the book. Mm-hmm. And whenever they veer away from that, it gets really bad. Uh, the The psychiatrist stuff I didn't like. The therapist stuff I didn't like. Uh, there's something else you mentioned that was not in the book, but I can't remember now. But yeah, I, I kind of, so my thinking with the, with his son being dead was that either, cause in the book he's at camp. Mm-hmm. So I was assuming either the boy just stays at camp throughout the whole book. And nothing. <laughs> Why not make him. it heaven? <laughs> right. So in the show, they decided to just like crank it up and make it that much more like, He's in the camp in the sky. Right. Serious. Or he either something like really terrible happens to him in the book and they just didn't want to go to that level in the show. Um, Obviously, I don't know yet. I'm leaning more towards he just stays at camp for the whole book. (laughs) I hate to spoil it for you, but yeah. He never comes home. (laughs) He's never in the book. He's just always. Yeah. It's always like Timmy's having a tough time at camp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because like every couple chapters it's like we got another letter from Tim from Derek and he really wants to come home. And there's lots and of there's tears like, on it. No, just just let him stay for it. Just give him a couple days. He'll he'll turn around. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean ultimately at the end of the two episodes I was like where in the world are they going with this show? Like because like I said, I'm over halfway through the book. I don't I, it feels like everything has been introduced that's going to be introduced. You know what I mean? It feels like the rest of the book is There's going to be really about big like thing wrapping everything it. up. Yeah. So I don't know how, like what else they're going to introduce with. The, well, you, you've gotten to the, to the big thing that isn't in the show yet. Right. I don't know. I'm trying to think 60% done. You should be there. So the last thing I read was, I don't even know. It's like, I'm definitely in like in, they, the, they are in the process of, everyone is in the process of having their meeting where they're all showing their evidence and trying to connect the dots. Oh. And she's playing the Mexican movie. Yeah. Okay. Holly. Yeah. That's what, you haven't seen Holly at all in the show. Oh yeah. That, so so that I think this show is about Holly. Oh okay. And so I, I like what I'm anticipating is that we are going to get a whole lot of that character, mm-hmm. and the Terry stuff is going to be sidelined, and it's going to be, you know, maybe like one full episode introducing her. Because here's the other thing: she is she the character from the other books. Yes. Oh, okay. So when you asked me last episode, if you're like, this is going to be a one-off story. And I was like, 
uh, and I kind of hesitated, it's because if they ever wanted to continue this story, uh-huh. it's going to be her. It's it's her story. She's in two other books. So that's my thinking is maybe they do have a multiple season interest mm-hmm. in, in this um, show. And they're going to introduce Holly and just make it about Holly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know how else they could possibly fill out eight episodes. <laughs> how does Holly read to you on the page? Do you like her as a character? Do you like what Stephen King is doing with her? Or does she come off, you know, kind of less charming? Uh, or Yeah, she's all right. I, I don't feel like he goes, like, overboard with it. So I, I haven't really had any issues. I listened to the audiobook mm-hmm. and i think i think his name is will Patton, mm-hmm. the actor uh he's one of those guys um you know been in everything and when you see him like ah and he does a fantastic job reading ralph and everybody mm-hmm. his reading of holly <laughs> is like <laughs> really interesting yeah and to me kind of colored the character where i found myself having to like project myself to reading it on the page right through his interpretation of of her he reads her like a computer a little mm. bit yeah i could definitely see how it would be read annoyingly but like i was saying i think last time when you run into that stuff in books what can make it translating it so hard is that when you run into stuff like that in books that's like so easy to mess up because it's all in your head, it makes sense anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so, okay. I think those are the big picture mm-hmm. thoughts. The show um, stinks. Right? I won't go. It's bad. It stinks. The first episode was good. I liked it, despite how quickly they how ran through everything. Was, yeah. Second episode was flat out bad. So I want to kind of walk through these. Oh, we got that's the second half to that. Listening to uh, toilet flushing sound effects, you realize how much flushing a toilet sounds like diarrhea. Right. There's a little squirts. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, so I will say I, I did feel like even after their first episode, I was like, what is your rush? Yeah. What are you, yeah. What are you doing? Are the, are you adapting all three books into one <laughs> season? Um, but little snapshots of moments that, that jumped out at me. Mm-hmm. We've already hit on a few, but there's a, a few left. Number one, the cop that Ralph doesn't like Jack as well in the show is just real bad. Yeah. The scene of him hunting (laughs) and you see the fattest. (laughs) I didn't know what I was looking at. I didn't know. I was going to say, (laughs) Oh, I can't judge a wild boar's age, (laughs) but to me that thing looked old. Yeah. And you see him there and he's just 
chewing his cut or whatever. And then in the back, you see Jack like setting up. Then his phone rings. And the they couldn't get the pig to even trot. <laughs> the pig just like saunters into a bush. Yeah. And then he cut to Jack and he's like, <laughs> Yeah. I'm like... You literally can still get it. Right. Just it's shoot it in the bush a couple times. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> it literally is right there. Yeah. And he is 15 feet away. And it's like he's setting up to hunt like the most dangerous game. And he's hunting like the fattest, slowest type of wild boar there is. Um, that I thought was like, oh, was I too loud? No, she's asking if the girls are up. That's another, he's another character where, like the DA, he's definitely a character in the book um, that I could tell. And even at the point I'm at now, I can tell he's going, I get the feeling at least he's going to turn into like one of these like sweaty, like he's just falling apart uh, and no one seems to notice it, kind of just like, barely shambling through the world because he's been inf been infected by this thing or whatever. Um, and I'm not too confident in how they're going to handle that in the show after seeing his introduction. Yeah. With the boar and then with like the bar fight, it just is the, the other thing that I'll say so too, it was so bad. Yeah. The, the, the bar phase. I love that. He gives him a wedgie though. <laughs> and I love that the, that the, um, I almost called him a barkeep. <laughs> the the secure the bouncer? No. The guy the, who serves the the bartender? The bartender. Uh-huh. Uh I love that he just goes, "Give him a drink." <laughs> so stupid. Um so yeah, he's ridiculous. Um Oh, shoot. There's one other thing I was going to say. Jack. Oh, I like how in the in the book too, the problem between Jack and Ralph is like Ralph just didn't give him a recommendation. Right. When he was up for review or whatever. Yeah. Peer review. Yeah, and it just feels like a small slight that yeah, would like get under somebody's skin. But this Jack is just like a complete a hole, yeah. you know, and right. just not interesting. Yeah. Just there's already nothing redeeming about him. So you know when he's going to be made worse that it's like, oh, he's already starting from a yeah, it's he's like, already an evil cares? guy. Yeah. I yeah, I don't I don't care about him at yeah. all. Um I will say too, they have again, I feel, missed a huge opportunity with the doe faced man. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, the slow zooms are like not nuanced at all yeah. and way too signaling. Like, look, we want you to see this. Right. Instead, what you have is these like, for me, very descriptive, creepy uh, um, references to him in the book. Right. The, right. The, the girls say he has straws for eyes. Right which I think is pretty descriptive and you can do a pretty good thing with it. Yeah. When I first read the book, 
the first thing that I thought was of Gerald's game on Netflix. Uh-huh. Have you seen that? That's the one where he dies having sex. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, we fast forwarded through it. What do you mean? We just wanted to watch the sex parts. <laughs> it's the part where he died, where he they're having sex and he dies. Well, they're about she, to, and she's she's tied hand, to the bed, right? Handcuffed to the bed. Yeah, we watched up until that point, and then we're like, I can't watch this woman be tied to a bed for an hour and a half. So we just fast forward until the creature started arriving or whatever. So, and then we just kept fast forwarding. It's good, <laughs> and we didn't finish it. It's it's really good. Uh-huh. And the 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 creature, there's a scene at the very end. Number one, I love how they end it, and the creature, how he appears to her, right? Terrifying. Yeah, truly, I have chills right now remembering uh-huh. it. It's terrifying, and I had in my mind like, oh, with this character, you can do something like that, and you completely don't get him at all, right? And with Mr. Peterson, when he hangs himself, this being also appears to him. Right. And it's terrifying. Yeah. It's such a it's such a great image that you could have in your head. And and in this one, Mr. Peterson swings halfway out his window. Right. He hangs himself so hard that he breaks his window somehow. <laughs> And you're just like, and then the thing is down the block. Yeah. And and in case you didn't see it, there's a long zoom in on him down the block. When you also realize what it is, again, it's, it's ridiculous where he's at. Right. He would be there. He would be close to the guy hanging himself. And so like you, we could have Mr. Peterson's view of what he saw and then really introduce like this thing. But right now he looks like Eric Stoltz, the mask. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's, that's again, another thing I was expecting, which maybe this is not a fair criticism or whatever, but you think about, I have no problem with like the, Plato Clayface guy yeah, yeah, being yeah. in the first episode in the book he's there he's at the crowd outside of the courtroom he's at all these places people start remembering him and when they go back to look at the like news footage from the crowd he's not there even though people remember him being there right why not do that with the show have him be in the crowd in that episode. Later on, when they're reviewing that footage, looking for him, take him out of the footage, right? Mm-hmm. Like it—that's an easy thing to do. And then, and then, uh, coming from a nerd who spends too much time on the internet, imagine the posts on the subreddit. Oh, I went back to episode one. Here he is. He's in the crowd, right? You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like a little thing, but it's like a world building thing, and it just is like. Like I said, I have leave him in the leave him in the crowd, but don't don't slow zoom, zoom in on his face, <laughs> right? Don't take thirty seconds to zoom through someone's bent elbow and past the tree onto this clay faced guy. You know what I mean? It's so just terribly thought out. Yeah, 
It's like where's Waldo, but then a slow zoom on. <laughs> Right. There's Waldo. There's Did just you a see circle him? On every picture. We're still going. <laughs> We're zooming right in. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's not. And again, I think what I was trying to get at with the first episode, when I was rambling, my expectations for the show weren't that I was going to see something new or something to be kind of like picked over and discussed but that i would see something that is just like you like the show you right that, that, that you watched which is like just give me something like interesting shot well that's mm -hmm. exciting and i like the book like the book gives you enough stuff that i would like to see you know and instead i think they they're, they're just not finding an interesting hook on any of the setup on any of the characters so far. And I'm hoping that Holly comes in like, you know, a bolt of lightning and like takes over the show, mm -hmm. but it's a competently made standard. Yeah. That was the other thing too. I was thinking about, I don't know if I hadn't read the book, if I would have, felt differently about it. I mean, I'm sure I would have, but I don't know if I would have liked it anymore. I also, I, I appreciate, and I feel like this, this writer, um, is probably on the right side of issues like, um, you know, justice reform mm -hmm. and, um, prison reform <clears throat> and all that. But when I think of the night of, and then I think of even the little shots of prison in here. <laughs> he has such a, like, a hilariously dark, like, you, you talked about the Safdie brothers being, like, rich kids who have a, yes. a rich kid take on, like, street-level people. And, like, aren't they interesting and cool? And And I feel like his is, like, ridiculously dark. So, like, one of my critiques of the night of is the main character goes from like I'm an innocent child and right. I'm scared and I don't know what I'm doing to like a kingpin over one episode <laughs> and not only that but head to toe in tattoos right. like overnight he just like uh -huh. I, I'm a kingpin now I sell drugs I have tattoos all over my body look what this prison has done to me yeah and in this one it's like Terry is going to not federal prison again, the local county <laughs> That's true. lock <laughs> That's true. Up of this small yeah. town. Uh, the, the thing that I maybe, and this is maybe me being a little too, uh, uh, SJW, -y, but the thing that I didn't love about that was as soon as he gets into prison, it's like, Oh, here's this skinny white guy surrounded by all these buff black guys, and he's terrified. And he's, they're all giving him like menacing looks. <laughs> it's like this might be a trope that needs to like die. Like, a I understand bit. that the prison population is overwhelmingly black, but this—I don't think this is a good look. And I love how um, <laughs> it's so, this show gets funnier the more that I think about it. When Terry's being processed, they're putting him in general, the general hold. Yeah. And he goes, 
I can't go in there. Right. And then one of the guards hesitates and another guard just comes up and goes, we can't have another one. (laughs) And so then they just put him in a thing by himself. Yeah. Like last week, somebody was (laughs) murdered in there. (laughs) Like we can't have another white guy get torn apart again. Like we're going to get another reprimand. Yeah. I mean, it's such a ridiculous view. It's like, again, I get it. And, and I am not about like locking people up. I'm not pro prison in any way. But good God, man, it's not like every county lockup is full of, like you said, like buff black guys waiting to like kill right. little white guys. Kill the next white or, guy that walks through the door. Yeah, yeah, or turn little innocent children into like head to toe tatted kingpins, you right. know? I mean, it's just, yeah, you, you want to modulate that a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, you're right. The show's terrible. It's bad. It's bad. Is that all you got? Are these from work? No. <laughs> did you go around today and just collect toilet I did, samples? Yeah, I did do a Google for toilet flush sound effect. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly... I don't have much more to say. Um, uh, it's not great. And here's here's hoping episode three hits its stride. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. I'm going to finish the book before I watch episode three. I'm going to try to make sure that that is before Tuesday, mm-hmm. next Tuesday, but you never know. Something may come up. If you want something else that's even smaller to read, I'm thinking of ending things. Charlie Kaufman has apparently already adapted it. Ending things? I'm, th- I'm thinking of ending things. Oh, okay. And it's a short little book, um, but Charlie Kaufman, who I'm really um, interested in in what he does, uh, adapted it, and I read it, and I really like that one. I, I'll say, and I think it's a good pairing with The Outsider. Okay. All right. That's not how you open a can of pickles. <laughs> uh, and I added one more. Defense! No, it's Rudy Gay! No! No! No, not this guy! Not this guy! Oh, my God! You know what? <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? I love like uh, the NFL playoffs are going on and you will inevitably, especially with the playoffs, cut to at least two guys who have seats right behind the end zone and they have their banner of the team (laughs) and they are furiously (laughs) pounding it with their hands Uh (laughs) and sometimes their head 
is down. They're so focused. And sometimes it's up looking at the, the players pounding it. And you can see that they really think they're doing something. <laughs> like they, they truly feel yeah. like this action is yeah. contributing to the effort uh, of, of the team on the field. Yeah, they're giving the team life. They're giving the team life, and you're just like, that's a sad display of your, uh, of your self. Yeah. I was going to say, like, your chi. That's, that's really what they kind of are believing in, right? They, like, I guess so, Like, they wouldn't yeah. articulate it that way, but right. they are, like... They're sending an energy they're out. They're sending their energy out, and I don't know. I feel like maybe you could find a better better funnel for it yeah. than the Tennessee Titans. But I mean, at this point, maybe they are, maybe they are the driving voice of force behind the Tennessee Titans. Right. Yeah. No, no, no one expected them to be this good. They're not good. I think, I think it's, they seem pretty good. They're not good. Um, they're not winning. This week. Who do they play this week? I just know they're not winning. Are you interested in seeing Uncut Gems like in the theater at all? Uh, we, we'll, we're going to see something this Friday. See, I was watching and I was like, I don't know if Elise would like Uncut Gems, but that's a movie too, the more I think about it the more I get very uh, excited about it. I really mm. do like it. Um, something made me think of it, and now it's gone. Uh, they play the Chiefs. Um, yeah, they probably won't beat the Chiefs. But I didn't think they would beat Baltimore, and I didn't think they would beat New England. I think we're going to have a Super Bowl uh, Chiefs 49ers. And I think it's going to be a bad Super Bowl. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? Like bad because of blowout or just bad scoring? I don't think Garoppolo <laughs> yeah. is is up to the game. And I, I don't think the Niners defense. I think they'll have a good first. I think it'll be like this last game first half might be close and the second half is just gonna be kind yeah. of a blowout yeah, i can see that the outsider good riddance yeah hey the outsider smell my fart